0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast.
1: I'm Pete Wright, and I think Stanley Tucci's my spirit animal.
0: He's Ooh. everybody's spirit animal, Pete. <laughs> today, we are talking about Minute 17, which begins with Erskine questioning Steve about the many places he's supposedly from, and ends with him asking where he's really from. Joining us on the show again today and all week, Will Johnson and Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast. Hello again, gents. Andy and Pete, thanks for having us back.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Honored to be here.
0: Thank you. Ni- neither of
1: you are from Paramos. Para- no. Paramos. <laughs> Sure.
2: (laughs) Or New Haven. (laughs) That's That's where I met my my wife. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How'd that turn out? (laughs) Yeah. Not married. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is a minute. This is a big minute. This is a great minute. A lot of great accent in this minute. But really, it's about this conversation that we have between uh, Steve and and uh, Abraham, Dr. Erskine. Uh and of course, it starts off, we were talking about this uh, in yesterday's minute, but this is that moment where Steve kind of shrugs at the fact that, you know, he's he's from Germany because Erskine uh, kind of, you know, asks him. Uh, all of this does feel like a test, which, of course, does come up with the questions, but did this troubles you? And Steve kind of like, no. This is that moment, though, where where we find out Erskine has a folder about him. He has information that he has... This is his fifth try at uh, at getting at going through the enlistment process, failing every time. Five different cities. Mm-hmm. This is where we're kind of like, you know, Steve is like, you know, his gig is really up at this point. And I love, I love the way that this plays. Um, and you know, of course, he tries playing it off. That might not be the right file, but it's really about this uh, this moment that we have between Erskine and Steve that kind of comes here. This is where. We learn what is really drawing Erskine to this curious character of Steve Rogers. The, it's not that he's, you know, gone through five exams. It's, it's that, well, it's not that he's failed five different cities. It's that he has tried five times, that he keeps trying. And it becomes the question about, you know, what do you really want to do? Let's talk about this minute, because I think there's, there's so much going on here. Uh, Will, why don't you kick us off?
2: this is one of my favorite moments. Uh, I'm going to get in my soapbox here for a minute, but a lot of people complain about the formula of Marvel films. And uh, one thing I like about this film, uh, sure. Some of them adhere to that, whatever. But one thing I like about this film is they do it such a, it's a a great script because uh, they do such a great job of setting up, you know, uh, setting up steve it's to the point where it doesn't the origin story doesn't feel like a burden a hoop you have to jump through it's part of getting to know the characters and there's so there's little moments throughout the script that i think perfectly display who steve rogers is and i like this this is one of my favorite scenes to like play for people like when i put a super cut together or something of steve rogers because it's not you know the big buff Steve Rogers in the America in the uh, Captain America stuff. It's it's the essence of the character, which is uh, I don't care where you're from. I don't like bullies. I want ki- to the, the the key line for me is I don't want to kill anybody. And I like that. Um, it's it, it goes with the MCU's. Um, I think the reason why it's so popular is because there's this level of like almost anti-machismo anti-masculinity in the sense of what movies have been giving us which is you know muscly guys punching people and killing without remorse or without a thought and uh i like the fact that the person that would become the super soldier that could probably kill anybody with a punch you know that's not his that's not his motivation his goal is not to go over there and kill as many nazis as possible it's to stop the bullies from picking on other people and i like in just such a short line, you get so much of what the character stands for. Uh, so that's that. With the grenade scene, of many minutes later is probably like two of my favorite scenes. Uh, and 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 noticeably, both of those do not involve the Captain America that we know in terms of mm-hmm. the big buff, star-spangled banner guy. So it's the scrawny guy. Yep. yep. It's yep. all about what's inside, not what's outside.
0: Yeah. There, and we saw this, I mean, this whole, I don't like bullies bit. I mean, we saw him demonstrate this earlier at the movie theater, right? When the mm-hmm. loud jerk is, is, you know, complaining about the fact that they have to sit through a newsreel. And Steve is the one who stands up to this person who um, is interrupting people who genuinely are having, you know, emotions because of what they're seeing on the screen here. Um, Don, how did all that play for you as far as like, you know, what we've seen. I mean, this is this only the 17th minute of the film. Right. Up to this point, I mean, what's your read on, on Steve Rogers and everything that they've given to us at this point?
3: Uh, my read kind of narrows down to that word of motive. You know, uh, you're trying to get character intentions here in the early teens of a movie, and you get that already a bit from Erskine, you know, the idea of just, I think what Will said last show, of uh, the idea that he's been watching this guy for a while. I know we played the happenstance card of like, how did he just happen to be there at this <laughs> precise moment of this precise test and application? But maybe if he had been tracking him, we see motive of of a guy like Erskine fi- trying to find the right person, not just the right filled you know, resume figure or build. And then to have Steve kind of reveal just that that just very vocalized mindset of the what he stands for and what he believes in that's motive and motivation for what he he will be and what he'll become and what he already is and i find that that's fantastic and i'm a big fan of just um that style of hero too um because same thing you you go back to 2011 and even before that um anti-heroes are the en vogue thing that people love people love their they're alpha males that, uh, that talk crap. You picture Wolverine, you know, you picture Hugh Jackman, you know, yes, a lot of these heroes have a, a good streak underneath them and an honorable streak underneath them, but they're still anti heroes at the end of the day. And to have a, I'm a Superman fan. So when you have a true blue guy like Captain America emerge and right at the time we're going to need him for this phase, couldn't have asked for a better statement of that, of the simplicity of I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. So simple, so powerful, so easy, and presented so well by the again the four layers of acting that it takes to put Chris in that spot
1: you know it's it's interesting too i, I just reflecting on the movies that got us here, um Tony Stark and Bruce Banner and Thor Odinson like they all discover their heroism by dint of circumstance not by identity and so this is kind of the of a pivot this movie represents a, a heroic pivot where we have Steve who is as the little guy Already the hero because of what he believes in, and this becomes the identity of the Infinity Saga. He is still fighting bullies in the final battle against Thanos, who is just another bully. Uh, and, uh, you know, just as we discover as as he's fighting Red Skull, the bully. Like, this is, this I, I feel like is a, is a pivotal not just seen in the movie and in terms of who we understand Captain America to be, but it defines a path forward forward for identity of heroism in the rest of the Marvel movies.
2: Awesome point. And that's one that I think I subconsciously knew, but never really put those pieces together. That's a really interesting viewpoint. I like that a lot. You know, they this isn't and I think this is why it makes the origin part of it not yeah. so burdensome because origin stories for the most part, especially in superhero cinema, became burdensome. And I think what makes uh this movie so good, even though it's a quote unquote origin story is that the character, it, he's already Captain America. Yeah, it's exactly the, the window dressing that makes yeah. it more. So So that's a great point because yeah, I think just like you were talking about with the other three, you know, Thor has to find that he's worthy um, maybe a little too quickly in the movie, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> but uh, Correct. You know, uh, Banner is still trying to figure out his thing and Stark has to, Essentially, just be has to have a literal change of heart to (laughs) to, uh, change his viewpoint on everything. Uh, So, yeah, it it is interesting that we already have technically the character. We have the character; the origin is complete. And and this scene, like I said, you know, we can read into a lot in one minute, but that's kind of what you have to do in a podcast like this: is look into the the nuts and bolts of a character. I mean, him saying those two lines: "I don't want to kill anybody." I don't like bullies where they're wherever they're from, whatever. You know, those are, that is, I mean, I could show that to like where me and Don are teachers. I could show that to a class mm-hmm. and they could identify the characteristics of that person based on those two lines of dialogue. That's it. I mean, yep. that, that is yep. pure characterization, excellent script writing. And like I said, it, it makes the, um, cause I, cause I won't lie when I saw this in the theater for the first time, I was uh, my expectations were pretty low because I was kind of tired. Tired of that uh, origin story? Yeah,
0: the tro- this, this the trope that they've already set up. Like, oh, we've got to wade through this for the first act of the movie,
2: right? And I never felt that in this movie. Like when I was watching, I was Same so one. surprised because I was just like, "Wow, this is this is flowing well." It's even though it's hitting some of the trope beats of an origin story, like because the character is so fleshed out and so well written, and it's not heavy-handed either. No, it's As two I, sentences. It's not.
3: Uh, a hamlet soliloquy of you know four paragraphs let me tell you what i believe in no two sentences and a matter of fact we have delivered it and he's in and he's out
1: yeah i think that performative not uh, uh, that that performative aspect there uh don is really important because it is delivered softly it is delivered softly his gentleness is is i think what what propels it
2: well and and this is just another uh feather in the cap of um to Kevin Feige and Sarah Haley Finn, the casting director. I mean, I'm sure her job gets easier now because they can just be like, oh, we want Bradley Cooper. Okay, you know, but, (laughs) you know, they... I mean, what people forget about this first phase of the MCU is there was a lot of risk with the characters. Robert Downey Jr. was a huge risk because of his past and because of his unreliability, and he wasn't a star. They went with Thor, which was one of the probably... Uh, in the phases of the MCU, there's always that one movie where you're like this is going to be the end of it, and Thor was one of them because it was such a higher concept than what was introduced, and they went with complete unknowns mm-hmm. for the actors. Now Chris Evans, who I always was impressed with, you know, I, I I remember seeing him. I think the first time I truly saw him was in not another teen movie, and you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not the greatest comedy. <laughs> I truly in the saw him too, Will. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true. But you know, it's it's not like the the. The most innovative comedy in the world, but he elevated the material. Like he was hilarious. I remember just thinking, like, man, he's hilarious. Uh, But then they kind of cast him, and he was already in Marvel movies. He was in Fantastic Four, and he was kind of the cocky, jokey person. And they kind of put him in movies like that. And to be able to see his ability to have these these layers, like to, to to be able to take Johnny Storm away. Mm-hmm. and put steve rogers here and then have him essentially become the corners i mean tony stark is like the avengers but really by the time you get to Endgame, it's really captain america that's you know Agreed. i mean he's, he's the hammer he's the assemble he's got everything going like that he's the leader you know
1: and well, that's uh, the that's the head and heart that tony stark and totally and Steve right. Rogers, play. but that takes a,
2: but that takes, like I said, to Kevin Feige, and Sarah Haley, Finn yeah. the casting for these movies, to be able to see that in them to me this was this was yeah. another because I, I, I did go into this movie thinking oh johnny storm like i, I right. almost didn't take it seriously
3: and well, he, same here he's such a cocky guy like in cellular and in other movies or like the perfect score like the losers always play, right before this yeah oh the losers right before this where he's just kind of a dopey funny guy which is wonderful i love dopey, funny chris sure um but no like and like to hear feige want him bad too like Evans turned them down three times before Downey (laughs) talked him into this movie because he was worried about the effects of fame on his just acting career. And he's probably a little bit right, you know, 20 hindsight, 2020, where it's gonna be hard for him to now it's going to be hard for him to not be true blue and perfect. To yeah, I know he was like a villain in Knives Out, where that would, admittedly is a hard, tough sell for him, where you have to bring back cocky a hole Chris, and
2: he'll be another one again in Gray Man coming yeah, up. right, be yep. another mustachioed, yeah. cocky. Uh, but that what you're talking about, Don, is what got him Lightyear too. That's right, why he exactly. is Lightyear because if you needed the more serious version of Tim Allen, mm-hmm. that would be the tried and true Captain America Lightyear. Like totally, who would you think yeah. of other than? Chris Evans, you know, right, right, right. Perfect casting. Yeah.
0: What's also great about the way that he plays the line is it's not falling into, um, at the time or at the time it takes place or at the time of production, like that American jingoism of of like that whole I want you poster. I mean, we've seen it all on on the walls with all the different uh, artwork and everything kind of like selling on uh, America, America and everything. And, and like his simple line, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. It has none of that. And I think that's a key part of not just Captain America in the films but also in the comics that they they found a way to latch onto this idea of this character who it wasn't necessarily about uh America but it was about that ideal of of what a person could be as a representative of their country and i feel like that's another very simple thing that's that isn't necessarily even spelled out here but it it so importantly defines his character especially as he will kind of move through uh specifically kind of his own films but
2: yeah cuz the I think I talked about this the last episode and I won't go too much into it, but Captain America becomes such a symbol and it's such a misinterpreted symbol. The iconography of Captain America can be misinterpreted so so much. Um, like I said, I've seen different political ideologies use Captain America in different ways. You know, use the same character in different ways, um, and that's why these moments, like in this minute, is so important. And as Pete was saying, it's a fully fleshed character from the get go, is because it isn't about you know if if for, for instance to me like if um uh, if this if captain america was a dc character and we were in the dc movies the emphasis would be on the costume it would be on the shield it would be on you know putting the helmet on and stuff but like i said that the, the essence of this character is not you know uh, it's he just happens to be in america and has these views so he's captain america he would be captain canada or captain argentina or whatever wherever he was because of who the Captain character Argentina. Yeah, Can yeah. we bring
3: back the Colombian accent in here?
2: Yeah, awesome. Escobar, Captain can we get that going? <laughs> yeah, here we go. No, no, no. The only accent I can do is uh, Jared Leto in uh, uh, House of Gucci. And I'm not yeah. do... It's a good, it's a good hey! one. Let it, like let it loose. Hear that. Oh, hey, It's a Gucci. I'm a Mario.
3: Where <laughs> there's one, there's many. Come on. Okay. Okay. I don't no, even remember I, what we were talking no, about. No, no. Hey. I'll I'll segue us back. What um, what I like what you said, Pete, is like how soft that line is delivered from Evans. Um, the fun part is for me, it's matched just matched and returned just as equally softly from Tucci when he t- does that sentence of maybe we need a little guy. You know, yeah. it's not a rah moment of you're right, Steve. Maybe we need a little guy. It's yeah, you yeah, know, that. it's matter of factly stamping that paper and sending him on his way. You know, like it's softness for softness is really well done.
1: Well, and I, 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 I got to step back and back again because the setup for this whole thing is Chris asking, or Steve asking, is this a test? And Tucci, Tucci's look is so perfect. <laughs> yes, it's test, right? No. Yes. Like, he's so, uh, again, matter of fact, like, this is, that should be obvious, right? Asked and answered. Yes, it's a test. It's a great moment. Such a great moment. He, he
2: yeah. A gr- yeah, he has a lot of subtle in That's the future. Like, oh. a, there's a great moment later where, he offers uh, Steve a drink, and, and they says, oh, wait a minute, you have a procedure. And he's like, what about you? And he's like, I don't have a procedure. Little little cute little moments like that that really help give dimension to a character, and especially a character who's, when you really think about it, his character is in in essence a plot device because he's supposed to get steve from a to b and then he gets Mm -hmm. killed off yeah right so in order to give some meaning to a character like that you have to have a really good actor that puts that dimension in there because then it's not just oh he died it's holy crap i can understand now what, what his motivations were to you know uh for Captain mm-hmm. America to, to leap into action, you know when, yeah, when yeah. Erskine is killed, you know it's it, it all it adds all kinds of dimension, and that once again goes to not only the great performances but a wonderful script for this.
1: Well, and performatively, it's what makes that death of Erskine. This scene makes that death heartbreaking, right? right it's right. it's that death that makes me want this plot device to have stayed in the movie with me because i was comfortable i liked him he's affable i learned from him and uh, it's beautiful
2: it's still effective in the first iron man but it's a little rushed the same plot device exists with the uh, the guy that helps him in the cave, cave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah this one this, this one has a little bit more oomph to it
3: with right. that for kind. me the comps for me would be um and it's, again, it's hiring great actors to do small parts is, um, obviously the man parallels are there where you get uh Glenn Ford being Pa Kent, you know, and I yeah. know that death doesn't happen right in front of Clark, you know, per se, but just, uh, just his, the, the, the man to father moments that are, that aren't many, but Glenn nails him when he needs to. And then his death is all tragic as could be. And then, um, Cliff Robertson, who's an Oscar winner, we all forget, you know, playing Uncle Ben for Toby okay. Maguire in the Spider-Man movies where his resonance is there just enough. We know Uncle Ben's a goner. Any, any Spider-Man fan knows. But how can Cliff get the most out of what's there? And he does. So it's it's I, I but I, when I compare it to other moments that you are supposed to have some
0: have that feel short, squandered or just um, untapped. That's that those are out there, too. Diamond does it's it's very much kind of that mentor character that you get in the hero's journey and that's 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 who they all kind of fit in with but what I also love about him and we'll actually get to talk about this a little bit tomorrow is there's some fun parallels between you know St- Steve and Schmidt but then you also have erskine and uh and uh Arnim as kind of the their Oh, no, opposite. Kind of the mad <laughs> yeah. scientists on each side, I suppose. You oh, could I say. See. So, yeah, so Yeah, definitely. So we'll get to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so at this point, we have um, Erskine offering him a chance, only a chance. Uh, you know, he gets this little chance, and Steve, <laughs> of course, is going to take it. This is kind of the, the moment where, you know, Steve is finally, it seems like things are going to go his way. Uh, you know, I have a question. Do you think, I mean, he's giving him a chance, only a chance. If Steve wasn't the right guy for this, would he, uh, this is just kind of like total speculation. Would he still have been able to serve in the army at this point? Like, cause now he's getting, he's seems like he's going to get approved. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Are you saying like the moment
3: before the stamp in the file or the moment after the stamp in the file? Like Steve wanted to, yeah, he can run out the door and go join whatever he wanted to join with that magical stamp, but to follow this SSA path given to him, I think the loyal Steve's going to follow the person who gave him faith. Like I, I think the choice is a no brainer for Steve to do SSA, but or SSR. It's, more
2: a, it's, it's more a dramatic touch than yeah. Like, if he really got the stamp, it probably would have been like, "Oh, no reports at this place at this time." But you know, for the right. dramatic sense of the movie, it's like stamp because they established it earlier. Mm-hmm. The four F, the four F. Now he gets the what is it for? He'll, he'll get 1A. Yeah, he'll 1A. get the one
0: A. Yeah. Well, we'll find out tomorrow what he'll get. But yeah, I mean, oh, it, but, but the idea oh. is like, does he? <laughs> if if he's getting a chance, like, and and if I well, maybe this this is a conversation to have like when he actually. Uh, goes up against the grenade. But, you know, if he didn't prove himself to be what Erskine was actually looking for, Mm. I guess my question was, he was at that point approved to be somebody who could serve. And if Erskine said, you know what, I'm going to keep looking. uh, Yeah. Would Steve have been able to keep serving or would he (laughs) have just been shuffling paperwork? (laughs) I think Erskine
3: would have shuffled that paperwork and washed him out. Like if well, okay, he would have saw the five attempts, I think he kind of knew. But at the same yeah. time, if something were to come up, I think he'd be like, "Well, you've tried too many times, little man. You're out." I think he would have watched. But out. I don't think that ever would have happened because to Will's no, point
1: not, from yeah. yesterday, yeah. there's no way he's been tracking I him now. I, my head is Erskine's actually <laughs> like, been watching him since he was 14. I love it. Look at you, look
3: at Will <laughs> busting this whole
2: movie apart. Well, he well, totally broke
1: And another thing, don't change your mind, Will. Don't change no, your don't, mind. Already had
2: me sold. No, no, no. What I was going to say, too, is I think what people forget, and this will be in future minutes, which we won't be on here for that. But, (laughs) you know, Steve is supposed to be the essentially the uh, the test gerbil, I guess, for this program. What's really going to happen is there's going to be there's supposed to be an entire platoon of these guys. There's supposed to be an entire platoon of Captain America's. What happens is obviously there's some sabotage. Everything gets destroyed. There's only one, so I think a lot of people automatically assume it was just meant for one person. But like this is supposed to be like the the ultimate test to see if it works, and then they would give it to probably even that jerk guy that we're going to meet in our twentieth. Mm-hmm. It's like hey, Queen Victoria. Like they were going to give it to a lot of people, and I'm sure there would have been a lot of failures in there too. So this is, I think, this is more a purity test of like, see if I can give it to the heart before the before the heart and mind before the
0: the brawn. You know, that's actually an interesting point that, you know, we'll have much more to say when <laughs> far, far, far down the road uh, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because of of how that can potentially affect people who aren't necessarily of the right mindset that Steve happens to be.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, I and I have to interrupt the program for a minute to stake my claim that you must have me on for that show. So it's my favorite <laughs> Uh you can't tell behind me. I've got my Captain I've got my Sam Wilson Captain America stuff everywhere. I huge That's fans. Awesome. You gotta get me
0: on that show. Outstand well in, tw- in twenty years or so when we finally get yeah, to we'll that you. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll right that. Yes. Unfortunately the they're moving at a much faster pace than we are. <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think I have anything else for this minute. Um do any of you have any last thoughts uh with minute seventeen? No, I'm good. This is like like Will said, this is a champion moment. I love it. Yeah. Top-notch minute. All right. Well, can the two of you come back for tomorrow's minute? I guess so. 1A <laughs> or 1F or one eight or whatever. Wherever <laughs> we're going to end up. Whatever that stamp's going to be. Uh, yeah. uh, well, I do love right at the very end of this minute, as you have uh, Erskine, you know, saying you've got a chance. I love that he's kind of fumbling around with the stamps on the desk. Like, which is the one? Like, I, mm-hmm. I like that there's actually a, like a little bit of stamp uh, stamp play that we have. Drama. Yeah. So, stamp drama. Stamp play drama. Stamp drama. Exactly. Teach that at the Royal
2: Shakespeare <laughs> Company. Only a chance.
0: (sighs) Only a chance. Well, why don't the two of you remind everybody about your podcast and where they can find it? So
3: if you search Cinephile Hissy Fit, you'll find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all that good stuff. You could find Will Johnson and I on Letterboxd if you really want to dig into our ratings and why I'm, you know, what I write and wh- whatever Will puts his opinions on. Other than that, you can find the Cinephile Hissy Fit uh, as part of the Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by 25
0: Well. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you want to find good places to listen fantastic uh remember you can join our discord community if you go to truestoryfm story.fm slash marvel movie minute just click on the discord link you can hop in there and be a part of the community and uh pete any last thoughts from you i could do this all day <laughs> yes you can <laughs> until next time true believers
1: Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.